Welcome to Dairy Intelligent, a podcast by VES Artex. Together, we will meet dairy industry intellects and passionate dairy producers to discuss all things cows and connected technologies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of VESR Texas podcast, Dairy Intelligent. I'm Annie, your host, and today I'm joined by Henry Collins of VESR Tex. So when building a dairy barn, it seems there are a never-ending number of options to consider. Will my cows be more comfortable in free stalls or a bedded pack? What type of ventilation and lighting strategy will I need? What's the amount of space I should allot per head? Should I build now or wait and see what costs are like in the future? This is where working with a cow comfort expert is crucial. So thank you so much for being with us today, Henry. Let's start off the conversation by having you introduce yourself and giving us some of your background. Thanks, Annie. So I'm the sales manager for VS Artex in the Asia Pacific region. Um, I've been with VS Artex for about four and a half years now. I'm currently based out of Sydney, Australia, having spent a year living in China as well. Perfect. Well, welcome. So let's start off with why a dairyman would want to build a barn to house their cows. This isn't as familiar of a concept in all areas of the world as it is in the United States. There are a variety of reasons why I'm seeing dairy farmers building barns. Here in Australia, we have had um, several years of quite heavy rainfall in the winter, which has led to issues in cow and pasture health. So Farmers are uh, trying to get their cows out of that environment and there's nothing better than a well-designed barn. On the flip side, it also has the benefit of keeping cows cool in our summers, which peak at over 45 degrees Celsius. So you get the best of both worlds. Farmers are also building barns as a way to increase their herd numbers. In a country like Australia, where we are predominantly pasture-based, by building a barn, it allows a farm to increase their herd without having to buy more land and hire more staff. So they can centralize their operations, move cows close to the parlor and put the land to other purposes. So when building a barn, it's more than just a building or a shed. What does a cow need in their environment? A good barn will provide cows with adequate ventilation, a comfortable bedding space, good access to feed and water. So in a freestall setup, that's a cow that will lie naturally in her bed without any obstruction, and have good air speed over her so she stays comfortable when laying. And in a bedded pack or compost barn, we're looking to provide enough space per cow so that that they can spread out comfortably throughout the barn without laying on top of each other. That allows for cows to spread out and put less pressure on the bedding. Problems arise when you get overcrowding in barns. Cows will compete for feed and the best bedding space, which will impact their production and cost the farmer in the long run. So what are the types of barns that they can choose from? Well, there are four main types of barns. First, we have natural vent barns. That is a barn that is open on all sides, so no walls. Uh, For these barns, we are only looking to put ventilation over bedding areas and feed lanes. Um, The next step from there would be a tunnel barn. These are negative pressure facilities that are closed on three sides. So we draw air from one end of the barn and exhaust it out the other. Um, We still continue to have fans over the feed lane and beds like a natural vent facility, but we also add exhaust fans at the outlet end to be able to draw that air through the building. Then not too dissimilar from a tunnel barn is a hybrid barn. These are essentially the same as a tunnel, but we also introduce fresh air down the length of the building. 
Um, a hybrid tunnel is better suited to longer or wider tunnel barns that house a larger number of animals where we want to keep the air fresh in the middle and at the end of the barn. Uh, finally, in this vein of barns is a neutral pressure barn. These are fully enclosed barns with positive pressure fans at the inlet end rather than a full opening or a curtain inlet. A neutral pressure barn is best suited to your more extreme environments where you don't want to draw in the freezing air in winter or extreme heat in summer. For extreme heat, you can add high pressure fogging to the inlet fans to really cool the air as it enters the building. A different approach would be a cross-ventilated barn. These are suited to very wide barns, usually greater than 12 rows, and they can be either negative or neutral pressure. And what we're aiming to do is draw air across the barn, not down it. With all of those barns, we are looking to keep the air inside fresh and then use our ECV fans to direct that fresh air down to the cows in the bed. Those are, I think, a really good basic explanation of each of the barn types, but I'd like to dive into them each with a little bit more detail. So let's start with naturally ventilated facilities. What are the basics? An ideal naturally ventilated barn has an east-west orientation as the barn is open on all sides. So we want to limit the amount of sunlight that enters the barn. Sunlight in a barn will heat up the bedding. And if you've got a compost pack or even if you've got a freestall you'll you'll heat up the concrete and you and you'll heat up the steel and the and the um and the bedding on the outer rows um so you'll see cows move away from those areas and push towards the shaded areas which can lead to cows bunching in a smaller area which then can lead to poorer bedding quality as we are only ventilating the bedding area and feed lanes natural vent barns are the cheapest barn option in both upfront capital and running costs However, they are only really suited to moderate climates as they are open to the elements on all sides. A good natural vent barn will have high sidewalls, ideally around five metres, uh, with a one to three roof pitch and an open ridge and, and a ridge cap over the top. This allows the building to naturally ventilate itself. Ventilation is still key in these barns as we want to catch that fresh air that is coming in through the sides and drive it down onto the cows and onto the bedding to keep it fresh. Really good explanation. Um, so moving into tunnel, hybrid, and neutral pressure barns, you mentioned that they have a lot of similar attributes. Can you expand on these strategies and some associated challenges and benefits? Yeah, all three are essentially the same barn. All we are changing is how we're bringing air into the barn. A tunnel barn is a pure negative pressure barn where we have an open inlet, uh, with exhaust fans at the other end and we're drawing air from the inlet through the building and exhausting it out the other end. With these facilities you have to be wary of lowering the air quality at the back end of the barn so you're not wanting to go past 220 to really 250 meters at the maximum length. If you are going to build a barn that size or, or longer then we would want to introduce fresh air along the sides of the barn with positive pressure fans to mix the air and keep it fresh within the facility. This hybrid, this is a hybrid tunnel. Keeping the air fresh is important for animal health. And when you are in colder environments and not moving air as fast through the building, then it is it's extremely important that by the end of the barn we are still with we are still keeping the air fresh. And having those positive pressure fans down the side of the building helps to achieve that. A neutral pressure barn is fully enclosed. So we're placing positive pressure fans at the entrance instead of an open inlet or, an, or a curtain inlet. We're aiming to introduce air at the same rate we're exhausting air out the other side of the barn. 
these are the best vines where you want to control the internal environment. We can dictate where we want the air to come in and at what rate. We can, for the high heat areas, we can add high pressure fogging to the inlet fans and really cool the barn from beginning to end. An example of this are some barns we did in the Middle East where the external temperature was getting over 50 degrees Celsius daily. Uh, We were taking the internal temperature down to 26. So that's a temperature drop of 24 degrees Celsius through the introduction of high pressure fogging fan, uh, high pressure fogging at the inlet and high pressure fogging on the fans down the bedding. Um, If the farm had decided to keep the inlet open um, in that barn, then we are looking at air entering that facility at 50 degrees Celsius. So it would be much hotter inside that facility. Really good explanations. What is a possibility for those farms? So what about cross-ventilated facilities? How does this strategy work best? And what are some of the challenges that you often see? Cross-ventilated barns are best suited for wider body barns. That is a barn that is greater than 12 rows wide if we're looking at it in a freestall sense. So instead of moving air down the length of the building, like we would for a tunnel or a hybrid or a neutral pressure barn, we are instead moving air across the building. Um, The air needs to travel a lot less of a distance so we can maintain better air quality. So if you've got an extremely wide facility and long, um, the shortest way to keep get the air is to run it across versus down it so we can keep the air fresher inside the building. The same principles apply with ventilation in terms of moving air across the beds, but we no longer need the feed lane fans as well-placed ECV fans at the bedding area will be able to reach the cows at the feed lane as well. A cross-ventilated barn will typically require more fan, uh, a cross-ventilated barn will typically require more fans than the barns stated earlier. Um, so they can be the most expensive option but with the benefit of being able to house a much larger amount of animals within the facility. Again, another really good explanation. And I think it's so good to know the the details and the thought process that goes in when you're selecting your barn type. It's, it's not just cost-based. You really have to think about your goals. So let's say that you've selected your barn ventilation type. Now you need to figure out what type of bedding and laying areas that you're going to have. Freestyle barns are a fairly popular choice. Can you give us some details on the pros and the cons? A freestyle barn will fit quite a lot more cows than a bedded pack barn of the same size. So it's cheaper per cow to build and run a freestyle barn versus a bedded pack. However, it is more expensive in total capital required as it also requires more steel for the bedding area and the concrete for the travel lanes and extra cow alleys. So freestalls are great if you are limited in space and want to target a certain number of cows within the facility. What about compost or pack barns? They're also quite a popular choice. What are some of the benefits and challenges with this housing type? Compost or better pack barns allow for cows to lay wherever they please in a large open area. Uh, They require less upfront capital to build versus a freestall barn, as you're not needing to purchase and install all the steel that is required in the freestall barn. However, they are difficult to accommodate larger herds and they will almost always require more fans than a freestyle barn as we have to cover a larger area, which means that the running costs are also higher versus a freestyle barn. So backing up a little bit um, to the question before, when we were talking about freestalls, what are some of your recommendations in terms of sizing and design? Because I know this can 
often be a contention point for this um, style tape. That certainly depends on the breed and age of the cow. You want space for your cows to lay naturally, an easy, unobstructed entrance for them to enter, and of course it needs to be comfortable. Using a Holstein as an example, in a typical head-to-head, we would want around 5.2 metres or about 17 feet from curb to curb and about 1.2 metres or four foot wide per stall. Our most popular freestall system is the BioRail. It allows for just adjustability, um, which you cannot get from the individual post loop to loop system. It also has far less points of contact with the bedding, so less maintenance and requires less concrete, which saves on costs. So moving from the the steel lying area to those steel feed fronts, what are some of the considerations between self-locks and feed rails? So you have a choice of a feed rail system or headlocks. Feed rail allows for more cows at the feed face versus a headlock. However, you will see more bullying take place with dominant cows over subordinate cows, which does impact that feed intake. As cows come in and go as As cows come and go as they please, it requires a separate area for them also to be worked on. Headlocks, on the other hand, help to optimise feed bunk usage and reduce competition for feed. Uh, There's research out there that shows that headlocks have have shown to reduce competitive behaviour at the feed bunk by greater than 20%. Headlocks also allow you to work on your animals at a space that is comfortable for them. Um, However, they are more expensive and will will reduce the number of cows that can feed at any single time. This is important if you have a three-row wide freestall, as not all cows will have access to the feed at the same time. So you need to take into account um, how many cows can feed at once and uh, whether it makes sense to put a headlock there or to work on them in a separate area, such as a working area in a parlour, for example. Absolutely. So let's say that you've decided on your barn layout. What do you next need to consider? Once a farmer has decided on the barn, then we are looking to put forward the best total cooling package for that barn. That is a combination of ventilation, evaporative cooling, also known as feed lane soaking, and high-pressure fogging if the environment permits. With ventilation, we're only putting fans where we want to encourage the cows to be. Fans over the bedding area, that being freestall or pack, is the most important. We want to keep the air fresh and encourage the cows to spend at least 14 hours of the day laying down. If you do not have ventilation or enough ventilation at the bedding area, you will see cows spending more time standing or crowding water troughs. The more a cow spends standing, the lower their production will be, uh, which can also lead to other issues such as hoof health and lameness. For those barns in hotter climates, we pair ventilation with feed lane soaking systems. Um, Soaking combined with ventilation is the most effective way to cool a cow. Uh, We call this evaporative cooling. I liken it to jumping into a pool. Um, The water alone will help cool you, but it's the wind over the body that really drops the core body temperature the fastest. So for for ventilation to be effective in these climates, we really want to be maintaining an airspeed of at least two meters per second on average at the cow level. High pressure fogging is the last step we would look at. This is because it's not suitable to all environments. Uh, Just because it's hot does not mean high pressure fogging will work. We only use high pressure fogging in enclosed barns as it adds humidity. And if the humidity is too high, we will have a negative impact on cows. 
Um, we also, by adding humidity to the air, we need to be able to remove that extra humidity. So in a naturally ventilated facility, we don't have the way of moving that air out fast enough. Um, and we only use fogging uh, when the humidity is less than 65%. Um, we have the tools to be able to look at climate where a farm is located and work out how much time of the year we would expect fogging to run and for it to be effective. So earlier you mentioned that there is a major difference in cost when building a compost and a freestyle barn, but what about the running costs? For the same size building, a compost barn will typically require more fans as you need to cover a wider area. So it is a more expensive upfront cost. And because you have less animals, it is also a much higher running cost per animal versus a freestyle barn. A freestyle barn, we're only placing fans over the beds themselves. So, for example, a four-row head-to-head barn only requires two rows of fans, one over each of the head-to-head rows, uh, whereas the same-size bedded pack would require three or even four rows of fans depending on the barn design. This is so we cover the full area of the bedding as we do not want cows bunching under a single row of fans, and they will do that. So... When you're building a barn, are there certain strategies that you recommend keeping in mind? All barns should be built with the future in mind. I've met a number of farmers who initially start off with the mindset of, I only want to build one or two barns for a certain number of cows. Um, Dairies do expand, and it is important that even if you aren't building it all at once, you have a plan for the future where where that expansion is a possibility. Uh, For example, farms handing over to younger generations, they may be more ambitious in how they want to run the farm or in terms of their cow numbers, or maybe at retirement age, you're looking to sell. So you can have the plans there to show to a potential buyer of future expansion. So looking at that next generation, let's say someone inherited their family farm and they're overwhelmed with how many updates are needed. Should they tackle the parlor or the bedding area first? And what can they do for a small investment that really will make a big impact? A parlor is always the focal point of a farm. Without it, a farm falls apart. Um, It is also the most densely populated area of a farm when milking. Retrofitting fans in a parlor is usually an easy and cheap investment for a farm to make. Heat stress is a very real problem in these uh, areas, so keeping cows cool will help in mitigating stress. For a barn, we have a range of fan options that can meet a range of budgets. So it's about working with the farmer and what they want to achieve and what we can provide in order to improve those facilities. I think that's a really great way to wrap up our conversation. Um, But before we go ahead and end this episode, I do have one last question for you, Henry. And I was wondering, what does an animal-centered environment mean to you? An animal-centered environment to me is creating the best possible environment for your animals That is when they are both at the feed front and also in the beds. If you can look after your cows in both of those areas, then you'll see happier cows as a result of it. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Henry, for your time and insights and sharing some of the many options that come with building a barn and how to make the best decision for your herd and future needs. Thank you, everyone, for listening in, and we will catch you in our next episode. Thank you for joining us for another Dairy Intelligent episode. We hope you have found some suggestions to improve cow comfort on your farm or simply just learn something new. If you have not already, please be sure to subscribe to our channel on your favorite podcast platform and let your friends know about us. 
We would love to have them listen and learn.